0: You are listening to Dove Valley Deep Divers with Eric Trickle and Lance Sanderson. Ball comes out of the hands of Newton. It's on the ground, picked up by T.J. Ward at the four-yard line. Vaughn Miller
1: did it again on Overtime Media. All right, welcome in, welcome in. It is Friday night, October 14th, 2022, 6.01 p.m. Mountain Time. And that means it's time for an episode of the dove valley deep divers i am your host today nick Ken- kendall filling in for lance Sanderson, and joined by as always on these friday evening shows eric trickle out there in the the land of constant night or constant sun uh depending on what time of the year it is <laughs> eric it's good to do a show with you i feel like it's been since like april or something that we've done a show together how are you doing
2: i'm doing good it's definitely been a while and right now it's we're kind of like half and half for daylight and you know, yeah. nighttime and the whole, you know, all day, 24 hour day, 24 hour. That's a little bit more north than I am, okay. but we get close. We get close to it. I'm doing good, dealing with a little bit of a head cold, but otherwise fine. And fortunate that we didn't have to suffer through a Broncos game this last seven days. So okay. that's always, you know, a good thing,
1: I guess. And man, it's even better for me because the Hawkeyes have the bye week uh, this week. So I'm just, you know, living on cloud nine. I can just do whatever I want this weekend. Unfortunately, it's become normal for Scott and I, but the smoke here is just absolutely dreadful right now, which is uh, it's really a tease because it's so nice out temperature wise, but uh, hazardous air quality. So I don't know, probably going to work this weekend or something like that or really tune up for the I know you don't really like to watch the college games while they are live as much for your you, you do the scouting aspect instead of actually enjoying the college product. But Alabama, Tennessee tomorrow, Penn State versus Michigan tomorrow. I mean. I am stoked. <laughs> These are going to be some great games. So yeah, um, there's
2: a, it's a lot of games that I have circled for scouting purposes. And mm-hmm. a couple of them you mentioned there. It's a big week for a lot of guys that I have on my watch
1: list. Yeah, absolutely. And I really got to do some deep deep, talk about deep diving, deep diving this year for the Denver Broncos. When it comes to the draft, the Broncos currently don't have a first and second round pick, uh, but we'll see what it looks like. Once April comes around seeing what it looks like, let's see who's in the chat right now. We got Dylan barn arcs and you guys please answer uh, Dylan's call to action here saying sup Broncos country. Make sure you guys hit the like button on the way in and giving a shout out to our likes so far, Colby C. Collier, George Fox, bear Porter and Tammy Nugent. Thank you guys so much for the likes over on Facebook. If you are joining us on Facebook or YouTube today, be like those folks and also click the like button on the way in. Good to see you, Dylan. We got Mike S. in the house saying, what's up, Broncos country? What's up to you, Mike S., talking about Alabama. I think, man, I'm <laughs> I'm stoked for this game tomorrow. I think Peyton Manning's going to be there, college game day as well uh, for Broncos country. Uh, obviously, everybody knows he was a volunteer back there in uh, 1998. Uh, I think that rings a bell, so. That was before my time of really enjoying college football, but uh, be cool to see Peyton down there, rocking that orange. We got Kevin Gray saying, "What's up, Lance and Scott and Eric?" I am so much better looking than Lance, not as smart. No, um, (laughs) just (laughs) got to tease him while he's not here. He's he's having a great time in the wilderness right now. He's uh, we've swapped places, but he says, "I've decided to see if the team can improve. I'll be happy if I see improvement every week." Denver Broncos for life. Eric, what are the odds that we see improvement this week from the team overall?
2: Not zero, like, we should see some. It's been a mini bye week. We should see some improvement for them. Listening to what Justin Outen had to say, seems that like they really did a deep dive in on themselves in the offense, try to figure mm-hmm. out what's work and trying to play into that a little bit more. We'll see if they can go out there and execute. I mean, not saying play calling has been great, but it hasn't been the biggest issue. Sequencing has been bad, but it's still a matter of they got to go out there and execute when they do call good plays and they're not doing that. So we'll see. It's just at this point, it's hard to remain optimistic about the outlook of this team, even though we are only, you know, five weeks into the season.
1: Yeah. For me, Kevin, I hate to be this guy, uh, but I think you have a good, very good chance of offensive improvement so far this season, but the defensive metrics, I think are bound for some regression. Not only have you lost to Ronald Darby, your next two boundary cornerbacks are extremely unproven. Uh, You have Michael Ojemudia, who has one great game, followed by two bad games, can't stay healthy. Damari Mathis looked poor last week, is dealing with an injury as well. After that, I mean, who is your boundary cornerback? Darius Phillips, question mark? You probably don't want to put uh, Quan Williams out there. Some Broncos fans are like, oh, why don't you play more three safety sets? Well, that kind of goes against the very structure of this defense so far. They're playing a lot of what is known as Penny front, uh, five defensive linemen, one linebacker, five defensive backs. So you're not really seeing structure-wise uh, another safety in there. That that safety that's coming in the middle of the field is more of a rotated down via cover one or cover three look. So I, I don't think that, again, you've had, what, 11 days now? Uh, the longest you can have without having a bye week. So maybe you'll see the structure change a bit uh, to – overcome the injuries you've had here, but boundary cornerback was one of my biggest concerns with this defense coming into the season, just given the unknowns with the depth and the injuries there. So we'll see uh, offensive improvement though. I'd be shocked if you didn't see offensive improvement, right. Uh, coming on Russell Wilson's a week further from the suffering of that injury. And the offensive line has another week to get healthier. Uh, even without Garrett Bowles, you know, the run game aspect, uh, Eric, I want to talk with you about this at some point, the the night and day difference between the offensive line run blocking metrics compared to their EPA output and the eye test uh, just I don't understand it at all but uh, definitely I think you got a chance for some improvement here Kevin just with the time and it can't get worse right that's what Scott keeps saying it can't get worse <laughs> it can but it uh, probably won't
2: and with the defense one thing to like w- pointing towards their potential regression is the quality of quarterbacks they faced I talked about this a lot last week because they haven't really faced, you know, the toughest of quarterbacks. Derek Carr was by far the toughest. And while he didn't have a great game, he made some needed throws at, at timely points in the game. Justin Herbert is the by far the toughest one they'll have faced so far this season. And of course, Patrick Mahomes is coming up. So I wouldn't be surprised if not only we see, you know, the run defense has been inconsistency if they see it balance out a little bit, but the pass coverage, not just because of the injuries like you highlighted, but that quality of quarterback play.
1: Yeah. And I mean, further highlighted, by that I always like to put numbers to things like that. You're 100% correct. The Broncos have not played great quarterbacks. Uh, Football Outsiders DVOA has the Broncos playing the 27th toughest schedule so far um, from that side. And a lot of that is because they have not been tested with great quarterback play on the other end. Now, maybe Geno Smith is the truth now. <laughs> Who knows? But that he's <laughs> playing. It's crazy to see how much Geno Smith's. Advanced analytics through five games match up with what Russell Wilson has done in his career. Like the CPOE is insane. It's like an outlier compared to everyone else. And that was Mm -hmm. typically Wilson, but uh, we'll see how it normalizes. Uh, We also got Jay Kozad coming in here saying, I think I have more confidence going into our sixth game last year with Shermer and Bridgewater than I do with hack and Russell. That's how bad it's been. Jay, man, I, I feel for you. Uh, The Broncos have been horrible on first and second down and third down this year. And in the red zone, I guess one area I can say that this should improve. Eric, who's been in your opinion outside of the, the chiefs outside of the bills, who's been the best offense in football so far this season?
2: Um, Well, I mean, the Eagles have been a pretty good offense Eagles. That's That's exactly who I
1: wanted. Uh, Good job. Well done. Uh, Points for you. (laughs) The Eagles last year had terrible uh, offensive output for a lot of games. Not great. I think they were very much middle of the pack with implementing that Nick Sirianni scheme. A lot of people wanted him gone. And year two, it got a lot better now. They have a great offensive line, quarterback improvement, blah, blah, blah. They have a lot of resources, too, to keep improving. It's a fun team going forward. But I guess my point is that sometimes it does take time. And uh, for the quarterback to understand the scheme, to get the relationships down, to understand where they're going. I mean, you see some plays with Russell Wilson so far where it's like, where the absolute hell is he throwing that football? It's an option route. And him and the wide receiver are not on the same page on the coverage. Uh, So those are things that hopefully with the extra time, right now that they can continue to work on but uh it definitely speaks to where we are uh, as far as our hope on this team that you have less expectations for this season uh right through five games than you did last season at the same point
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
2: My pushback with the whole Eagles, I've been seeing this a lot with other people in the media, is the Eagles pointed to them as, you know, last year everybody wanted Nick Cerrone fired, everybody wanted to give up on Jalen Hurts, and look how far they've come compared to the with the Broncos this year is the biggest difference here is the quality of quarterback Russell Wilson is and where he is at in his career compared mm-hmm. to Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was still very much a ball of clay that they were still molding. Whereas you have Russell Wilson, who's been in the NFL for so long. And even Nathaniel Hackett, well, he's a first-time head coach. He's been in this position of offensive coordinator before and calling plays in the NFL. He's been around the NFL since he was a little kid. Not so much the case with Nick Cerrone, who's only been in the NFL since, I think, 2010 was, I think, his first year in it, when he was a quality control coach with the Chiefs or something like that. So there's a bit more experience. So, yeah, it does take time. But it's not a situation where we can give the same amount of time that the Eagles have. One is because of the where Russell Wilson is at in his career with how with his advanced age and you know, seemingly decline in play. We can't afford to give that same amount of time to them. but and it's honestly like by now we should be seeing improvements, but instead they're getting worse in certain areas. So they still can get better. but I just don't i'm not I'm not a big fan of pointing to the Colts as, you know, hey, look at them as the. Uh, the Eagles, yeah, the Eagles. Sorry, the Eagles is looking at that. That's what we could be like. I'm, I'm not a big fan of that.
1: Yeah, and it's. I mean, it's just. I guess more so the point is that time implementing a new scheme. Uh, you know, five weeks in, it's. I kept saying, you no, know, it's bad right now. But give me eight games uh, before I'm ready to have a really good assessment on this team overall, as far as the sample size goes. Just because you have a more normalcy and uh, the type of opponents you played, et cetera, et cetera, injuries. But uh, right now, it's not been great. Ah, uh, Jay Kozad coming in, and this is a good question or a comment here that I want to frame into a question. Other than Sutton, the players you can trust are playing on the defense, uh, and then Mike S also saying only trust the defense and Sutton. Um, Eric, who in your opinion is the most likely to emerge as the next player on offense that you can trust going forward?
2: I mean, obviously, you hope that it's Jerry Judy. You hope that it's KJ Hamler.
1: Russell
2: Wilson. Russell Wilson as well. I wasn't even thinking about the quarterback. I was just thinking of the weapons. Um, But you, I mean, you got to hope that it's Russell Wilson. I mean, he, you can look at the Colts game and you can look directly at two throws that he didn't make or didn't make in the case of one of them as to why the Broncos lost. And so you got to get, you got to have him be better. I mean, that's the guy that you have, that has to improve. The only time that he's been even effective is if he's targeting Russell or targeting Cortland Sutton, basically. I, I hope also that K.J. Hamler emerges. He's been getting open quite a bit. He just hasn't been getting looked at. I mean, it wasn't just everybody's pointing to the end of the Colts game, that final play. He was open quite a bit throughout that whole game. And then in the other games that he has seen meaningful snaps in, primarily against the Seahawks, he was open a good amount in that one as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The one that comes to mind for me, I think there's already too much done with Melvin Gordon to fully trust him. Even if he doesn't fumble again, the rest of the season damage has been done there. You're going to have to rely on him regardless. So, you know, buckle up Broncos country in that regard, hoping for the best. Maybe he can stay off Instagram uh, battling with the fans. That'd be great. But uh, KJ Hamler is probably the one you want to rely on there, which is scary. uh, Given the injury front, don't really know who else you can say that maybe, I mean, Dalton Reisner is steadily Average, but now he's dealing with a back injury. Uh, you have Quinn Miners who could emerge as something, but you don't typically think about the singular offensive lineman that you're relying on. It's more about the unit than the players. So, I well, guess KJ, go ahead.
2: Sorry, what the offensive line is, it doesn't matter how good one player is, it's so much so dependent on, you have to have three or four good players to have a good offensive line. Just look at the Browns for so many years. They had Joe Thomas, but the rest of the unit was so bad. And then eventually they got Joel Petonio. They got
1: um, Alec
2: Alec Mack. Yeah. And they just got better and better and better at the thing and built up a good offensive line. One guy just doesn't do it. So Quentin Miners, I mean, obviously you hope he comes out and he plays well, but it doesn't do enough to fix all the issues on the line.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, just even a more easy example, just seeing and watch the uh, the Broncos game last week, that Colts offensive line is freaking horrible. They got Quint, uh, Quentin Nelson out there, who's not playing as good this year, but still incredible uh, Ryan Kelly out there. But their tackles and the right guard have been so bad uh, and the running backs picking up pass protection too. Let's be real that uh, they're just getting killed. Um, so uh, yeah, we got Colby C Collier coming in here with the, uh, the looks like the Mohawk coming in here, man. Good, good looking Colby. How you doing? Uh, welcome in. Happy Friday to you saying, starting to wonder if we'll finish above 500, maybe a few weeks early, but thoughts, there is a real chance out there that the Broncos do finish below 500 this season. The schedule gets significantly tougher, especially after the bye week and you've already lost, probably two games this year that people had written in pen as wins. Uh, The Seahawks game, that Colts game, especially now with how bad they've been. So you don't have any margin for error anymore. Uh, So it's definitely possible the Broncos finish about 500. I think they're going to be flirting with that, come to the end of the season one way or the other. Uh, But it's certainly possible, uh, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, eight or nine, nine or eight, that's where I think they'll end up. But And the big thing is kind of what you hit, hit on it is, When we talk about giving this team time we couldn't afford to give them time because of when the tough part of the said the schedule actually gets you know tough we're hitting that point we couldn't afford to have this slow start that we're having where i mean honestly saying it's a slow start is kind of you know a little bit kinder than what it actually has been. We couldn't afford to have it because we needed to beat the chiefs. We needed to win the games early on so we could afford to not necessarily afford to, but so we can deal better with a loss later on down the season. So it's just kind of a big issue that we have had is that we lost those games that we shouldn't have.
1: We'll see how it plays out. Uh, Colby, thank you so much. And the season's far yet from being written. We got David coming in saying, I was told by a lot of people that the Broncos had a great offense and said they looked weak. Uh, you said they looked weak. Well, so far, if you said they looked weak, David, then you are correct. I mean, Russell Wilson's playing bad football uh, right now through the last six quarters. Now, very much timed with when he suffered that injury, but still not playing great. And the Broncos right now, the quick game is not working and the ro- the running game efficiency is not working. It's a feast or famine offense, and they are not hitting the, the gimme's uh, that they need to hit to keep things rolling there. I mean, constantly, I think the Broncos have almost twice as much third and seven plus uh, so situation so far this season than the average. And they are also the worst at converting uh third and seven in the NFL so far this season. So that does to me make it seem like, Oh, there's probably some positive regression there, but this is far from a team that heck, you know, talking about finishing the top offense this year, a great offense. I'm hoping they can finish with an average offense. You pair that with this defense. You may be talking about 10 wins uh, this season, but right now it's not good enough. Uh, Cristiano wrote in coming in here from Brazil. I uh, hope you're doing well down there in Brazil saying evening guys in Broncos country looking forward to the matchup analysis for this Broncos upcoming Broncos win. Love that energy. Diamond Rattler too. saying, boom, let's go. Ooh, what's diamond working on? Today? I'm gonna say he's working on the lats, uh, getting, you know, sh- maybe shoulders <laughs> days, always working out in the gin. Uh, we got Elias coming in here saying Dulcich is going to shine on Monday. Eric over under uh snap count on Dulcich. I'm going to give you on this game. Total offensive snaps, not special teams, offensive 14 under under 14 snaps. Well, under if it's 14%. under 14 snaps for Monday night, Elias, I love you, buddy. Thanks for coming in and uh commenting in the chat. Not very much chance to shine. Now that said, if he can convert, you know, one freaking red zone touchdown, he's a freaking supernova <laughs> shining. Just one snap even, but uh, I don't know if he's if only 14 snaps going to be hard for him to shine.
2: Yeah, he's a, he's a rookie tight end that's been not able to do a whole lot with the team because he's been hurt. So it's going to take some time. It's the same thing with Michael Ujumuti. We're not going to get Michael Ujumuti stepping in from Ronald Darby. It's going to be Damari Mathis because they've been injured. They got to work their way back. They got to get back to being in game shape. Doesn't mean they won't play, just probably won't see a large amount of snaps for them.
1: Yeah, 100%. Chase asking, Nick, have you been on Dev Valley deep divers before? Yeah, a few times, but Lance and Eric are pretty consistently here. So, uh, and you guys see enough of me uh, during the week anyway, so <laughs> typically <laughs> try to give you guys a break from my uh, my face and my voice. Royal Osborne coming in saying, good evening, Eric, Nick, and Scott, and all of Broncos country. I'm really curious to see how Calvin Anderson does at left tackles. Any opinions?
2: Is he starting there?
1: That is the question, Roy and Eric. Uh, based on, I've you've mentioned it, I asked a few other people, does not seem to be a foregone conclusion that Calvin Anderson, in fact, to the point where I've asked around, it seems... More people have the opinion that it's going to be uh, Cam Fleming moving over to left tackle. Now, that being said, if you have, let's say, Billy Turner not feeling up to it again uh, this week or something, I'm not even going to read into that. Who knows? But if Billy Turner is not ready to go, then maybe you see Anderson out there with Fleming staying at right tackle. Uh, but if Turner is good to go, I think Anderson's probably the first tackle off the bench.
2: Yeah, Billy Turner seems to be the deciding factor here. Mm. If he is good to go as they expect him to be, I would expect Fleming at left tackle, Turner at at right tackle. Um, It just seems to be, and uh, I've had a few conversations about this, and every single one about Calvin Anderson has included the word disappointing Mm. in practice, and so it doesn't seem like he's guaranteed to be starting. We'll see. As we kind of touched on, it just really depends on Billy Turner.
1: Yeah. Albert Knopper's in the house. Hey, guys, how you doing? I saw Nick D's in here. Here we go, Nick D, who's the most consistent player you can rely on? Jalen Virgil. I think Nick D is Jalen Virgil, maybe, but we'll see. JL's coming in saying if Broncos country hadn't already seen the last five years of rookie coaching, we'd be a whole lot more patient. I mean, just bad offense the last five years, and finally you get your hopes up, and uh, you get crapped on (laughs) so far this season. So that's what's been Upsetting. Also, typically in the past, you know, it's always been like, oh, maybe it clicks this year, but if not, we're going to have a top pick and like some directionality, something to get excited about. You are married to Russell Wilson for the next four years and you don't have the top picks this year. So it's just, it's a triple whammy there on that one. We got Savage Boy Kev underscore zero two coming in over on Twitch saying his consistent guy is Latavius Murray and saying hopefully he can take Gordon's job. If Latavius Murray takes Gordon's job, it's not because of what Latavius Murray does. It's because of what Gordon, Melvin Gordon does. Latavius Murray, big back. uh, I really like him in pass protection. Once he gets to the second level, if he can get to that hole, he's not going anywhere. Uh, He is a big guy, but there is no turbo juice uh, in that tank anymore. Um, So you want to get some explosive plays. You want to make teams pay for playing light boxes and getting to the second level not really Latavius Murray. I don't want to use the word plotter for him at this point in his career, but there's just not that that second gear that he can get to. So if it happened, it's because Gordon lost the job.
2: Yeah, and I would think that if Gordon loses the job, we'll probably see Mike Boone get that shot before Latavius Murray and still kind of have that one-two punch, for lack of a better term, with Murray as a second guy. But um, it's going to be on Gordon, like another fumble, and we'll probably see him move back and so on and so forth.
1: 100%. We got Jody in the house. Jody Moncrief. <laughs> Always good to see Jody saying, Eric, glad to see Anderson starting an LT. We just talked about that. Obviously we don't know. Also, he asked the question here leading into this one. Can uh, Natani Moody take over for Dalton Reisner at left guard? Uh, if Reisner's is obviously dealing with some, a uh, back issue here, uh, the Broncos could be without four of their starting five offensive linemen to on paper to start the season. Never saw, uh, not have, haven't seen Turner yet, but I digress. Uh, any chance that, Moody could be playing for Reisner injury or uh, performance-based.
2: I believe that Quinn Miners is essentially good to go. And if Reisner's not, it'll probably be Graham Glasgow moving over to left guard. I mean, there's a reason why Moody's still on the practice squad.
1: Yeah. Do you think, um, if, correct me if I'm wrong here. I thought Miners last year moved over to left guard when Reisner had an injury with Glasgow staying at right guard. Is there a chance that you'd see, uh, Miners at left guard with Glasgow staying at right guard, like we saw last season. Or is it that they want Miners being safe, steady, stable at right guard that they would not move him around as much?
2: I mean, I think it's a possibility you mo- they move Miners over to left guard, but from the sense I get, is they kind of want him to settle down at right guard and using yeah. the versatility of Glasgow to move him over.
1: Makes total sense. Uh, we got Garth Knight coming in with the five dollars flashing us on here. We appreciate it, flashes all day. Garth uh saying, "I just there you go, Scott. Ooh man." That's so white. No, I'm um, sorry Jason Scott, Scott saying I just bought an early 2000s Nissan Sentra off a guy named Billy Turner. I hope the Sentra is reliable. Well, uh, make sure you check the Carfax, right? Uh, I shouldn't say that. No free sponsors, but uh <laughs> appreciate the comment, Garth. I don't know what's going on with uh, Billy Turner right now. The Broncos played him very, very little. So I think that was always a possibility. They knew this could be a problem with him, in my opinion, just looking at the contract but uh, it's definitely a concern and uh, appreciate the uh, the snide uh remark here from Garth Knight about the <laughs> 2000 Nisa Centra. And we got a comment here talking about uh injured offensive lineman Tom Compton, Chase Mueller coming in, uh asking about any word on Tom Compton so far this season. I talked to a couple people about this, uh reached out to some people. I would think that if it's going to happen this year with him, you'd probably looking at the bye week uh, so far as a, a a moment of like, you know, bleep or get off the pot with him but um, it's been pretty quiet on that front which is unfortunate because Tom Compton last year was awesome in a wide zone centric offense at right tackle specifically in the run blocking aspect he's got some guard tackle versatility this team could use some earth movers uh, in this offense right now to get some push because the quick pass game is struggling that means they probably need to lean more into the run game efficiency which has not been there so far
2: yeah it's not asking around on Compton. It's not optimistic that we see him this year. Possible, but just not a whole lot of optimism there.
1: Well, it's, uh, it's a bummer. And Jody saying Anderson will be playing left tackle, not Fleming. Well, Jody must have better sources than me because I've not heard that as much, um, but uh, who knows? Yet. Yeah. Um, Andrew Baker coming in saying, sup, Eric, uh, Scott, Nick, and fam. How much, if any, hope do you all have against the Chargers? I got a, it feels like very much a, I'll do like 58 to 42 chargers win. Uh, not the score, but like percentages uh, here. God Broncos put up 42. That'd be incredible. Um, but I think the chargers are more likely to win. I think Vegas also agrees, but I think this Broncos defense matches up interestingly against the chargers. And we're going to peel back this onion a little bit more and more of the scheme and the matchups, but I think chargers should be favored in this game, but Broncos got a chance. And I think so far this year, every single game, the chargers have lost. Herbert has thrown an interception. Every game the Broncos or the Chargers have lost this year, he's lost a fumble. And I also heard a statistic, shout out to the Athletic Pod, uh, Nate Tice mentioned this, maybe it was uh, Robert May saying that the Chargers' rush game DVOA went from 31st to like 22nd after playing the Browns last week. Not because the Chargers are great. They were 31st before playing the Browns, but the Browns are that bad against the run. Yeah. So the Broncos hopefully can still stop the run. I'm not really worried about uh, Austin Eckler beating us up, up front as long as uh DJ Jones continues to be healthy.
2: Eckler is not really the type of back that can, I mean, obviously he can eat up the Broncos, but he's not the type of back that can exploit how the way that we saw Denver struggle so much against Josh Jacobs, very different style of back. It's not going to be a situation where they're able to spread out the Broncos, make them play thin And then just use their big, tough power back and just run over them, forcing the tackles. That's not Eckler's game. I think this is a game that the Chargers, like you, should be favored in. I agree there. But it's one that I feel that Denver could sneakily come out and win because of having this mini-bye week. Having all this extra time to be able to prepare and work on fixing their issues. It's just a matter of can they go out there and execute it. i probably go 60-40 for the Chargers. But... I, I feel like I'm being a little bit generous there just because we haven't seen the Broncos be able to go out there and, you know, exploit advantages with consistency like we should have seen so far this season.
1: Man, hundred percent savage boy, Kev coming in and saying, could we see some PJ lock at cornerback? Also cream Jackson at linebacker. You're not going to see cream Jackson at linebacker, <laughs> uh, except maybe in some very specific uh, packages, but that's, That's not his body type or ability Uh, does do a good job coming down and being a run defender from the strong safety spot, but that's different than taking on uh, guys in the run game as much as he would at linebacker. As far as PJ lock at cornerback, if you are playing PJ lock or Caden Stearns at boundary corner, not nickel, uh, but boundary, something has gone horribly, horribly wrong. So hopefully uh, not the case this year for the Broncos personnel.
2: Yeah, I mean, P.J. Locke, I mean, he has the ability to drop down and play in the nickel depending on, you know, the looks that you're facing, but mm-hmm. he's not a guy you want on the boundary very often, and he's not a guy that you want on the field on defense a whole lot in the first place just yeah. because there's still so many issues with his game. He's a fine fourth safety, but he's not that guy that you want as that number two or number three safety yet.
1: Yeah, 100%, and Joey Grubb saying, I'm disappointed Judy needs to get some contested catches. I'm very hard on Jerry Judy, and I thought last week he would have taken, you know... A- Center top 10 effort to catch that one on the back, or I guess the front left of the end zone there where it was slightly overthrown. Uh, But Jerry Judy might, and I'm hard on him typically, but he looks like he's pretty open. There's been chances where you haven't had to have these contested catches. Now, if you could come down with those when they are there, that'd be great. Wasn't really his game in Alabama. Hasn't been his game so far in the NFL. There's been plays where he's been open and they're not getting him the ball in time. And it's just been an issue. Same with Hamler. Uh, Right now, it seems like a... If Cortland Sutton is at all open based on my pre-snap read, I'm going to him. If not, I'm checking it down to the running back. That's not a sustainable style of offense, unfortunately, unless you have Calvin Johnson out there, which no disrespect to Cortland Sutton, it's not Calvin Johnson. Uh, But yeah, Judy, you definitely want to see more from him. Uh, What are your thoughts on Judy and the contested catches?
2: I mean, you don't really want him in contested catches situations. I mean, that's just not his style of game. It never really has been his style of game. Sure, he can go up and get one every now and then. Obviously, we look at that Jets game where he stole the interception, and then in the season opener against the Seahawks, he kind of got a little lucky in that one. Not gonna lie, I mean the corner just played it terribly, and he was able to get the ball and run in for a touchdown. His game is getting open. He has one of the higher rates of separation and yards per se- yards per route- yards of separation per route run or whatever that statistic is. He's amongst the league leaders in it. So he's getting open. He's just not being looked at all that much. And that's something that's got to be changed. I mean, it really is when watching over the games. It's really the Cortland Sutton show in the passing game or checking it down. And you do have to wonder, does Russell Wilson trust these other receivers? And when Judy does get a chance, dropping those catches doesn't really help build that trust at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a two-way street on that one. Um, Ross coming in here, $5 super. Chargers fan, Ross uh, donated on... Wednesday night I want to say as well so good to see you Rossi his buddy was a Bronco fan they watched a lot of games together if I recall correctly uh saying as a Chargers fan this game terrifies me Broncos always play the Chargers tough this is one game where it feels like it's kind of like the Chiefs versus the Raiders for some reason the Raiders always seem to pull one out against the Chiefs uh same with the Broncos and the Chargers uh, he says the Broncos interior defensive line and secondary are built to shut our offense down and our past defense is leaky yeah JC Jackson has been not the worst signing or move this off season so far. It's probably be Russell Wilson, just given the cost, unfortunately, but uh, JC Jackson has been bad. I know he's dealing with an injury, but so is Russ. Uh, so I'm going to be interested to see that out there. Now. I think Bryce Callahan's still playing great football for them. They still got Derwin James out there, but even like clue hasn't been incredible uh, for them so far this season outside had- of that week one matchup.
2: Yeah. I was going to say he had that huge week one matchup and all three of their top corners, um, Samuel, Samuel, callahan and jackson they've all allowed two touchdowns this season yeah um callahan's it's not samuel's playing good football not great um breaking up a lot of passes i believe bryce callahan has two interceptions so he's kind of balanced out the touchdowns but jc jackson has been an issue derwin james has been great coming downhill but his coverage hasn't been i don't want to say it's bad but it hasn't been as good as previous years and then their other starting safety the name escapes me at the moment he's been hit or miss their linebackers are hit or hit or miss kenneth murray has been really bad First-round linebacker,
1: Kenneth Murray. Please please (laughs) add that in there.
2: So it is. It's an issue of a really rough defense on the Chargers side against the rough offense of the Broncos, but a strong offense versus strong defense. So I'm actually excited for the matchup. What's going to give?
1: Yeah. Can the Broncos run the ball? I mean, that's take some of it (laughs) off Russell Wilson and then be better on first down. The Broncos, how many times this year have the Broncos had like a second and two where they can, you know, We can get the first down, but we're going to look to hunt on this play, take a shot. It's too many penalties, too many zero or negative yardage plays. There's just not many second and shorts so far this season.
2: Just like playing for a 60, what, four-yard field goal for a win against Seattle, they just got to play for that third and 17. Mother's Day is almost
3: here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement.
1: All right. Now I'm sad. Uh, Douglas wall coming in. Not sad anymore. Douglas wall with a $10 super saying good evening, everyone. Good evening to you, Douglas. Uh, with all the games being close, it could be a game won by field goals. How confident is everyone of is kicking the game winning field goal uh, for the win. If it's over 50 yards, I am 10% confident that he makes it. If it's under uh, 50 yards and I am 90% confident, there's a weird, really weird mark of uh, demarcation uh, for Brandon McManus where he's, a really good kicker from 49 in, but below average from 50 out. And he's also not going to play at mile high. Granted, you know, playing in a indoor stadium in LA is the charger stadium indoor. Is it retractable? I don't even remember. Uh, it's not. Okay. Well, excuse me, Scott. I think that maybe the Rams is uh, indoors, um, but uh, it's not either man. <laughs> Screw LA. Why are they? What are we doing here? They should have retractables roof either way. Um, should be good weather in LA. And uh, sorry for our Chargers fan who joined in here. I'm not, a, I'm not a Los Angeles guy, but, Again, if it's less than 50 yards and I'm pretty confident he will hit it.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. If it's over 50, I'm like at that 5 to 10% range of confidence there. Under 49 or 49 or under, I'm probably there about 90-95% confidence that he's going to make it. Um extra points though. Extra points, I'm about 60% confidence that he's going to make those.
1: Uh yeah, no. That's a it's an interesting one. We'll see how it goes. Special teams. I mean, the Broncos offense has been so bad that typically you're not at that much of a disadvantage where special teams can sway the game. But right now the offense has been so bad, especially in those critical areas that even if the Broncos are winning on defense and special teams, offense has been that poor executing on those critical areas uh, to win the games. Unfortunately, Garth Knight, $5. saying I got to say I'm with Nick on this one with Judy beginning to wonder why he was drafted. Feels like Russ is being forced to make something of him. This is pretty, this is a little harsh. I think that the Broncos went into that draft hellbent on taking a wide receiver because uh, John Elway was hellbent on making Drew Locke work uh, and taking back-to-back wide receivers there really helped that. And granted, you know, the offense, the wide receivers the year before outside of Cortland Sutton were pretty dreadful. Uh, but uh, I think Judy was one that they were... Again, well, hell-bent on bringing in a wide receiver. I'm still mad at Shelby Harris for batting down that football for the two-point conversion. We could have had Tristan Wirfs. Right tackle could have been taken care of for 15 years, but uh, here we are.
2: No, I, I'm fairly certain that if he didn't bat that down, the pick would have just been Henry Ruggs instead. Maybe I'm pretty Henry
1: Ruggs doesn't get uh, hurt or something, but if they took Henry Ruggs over Tristan Wirfs, I'd have been upset.
2: I, I'm pretty I'm pretty confident they were going in that with that wide receiver no matter what, and they doubled that down because they didn't exactly, you know, appease the coaching staff with their first wide receiver so they appeased Vic Fangio because Hamler was Fangio's guy and they wouldn't appease mm-hmm. them um, yeah Judy hasn't lived up to that status and I talked about it in one of my articles this week hasn't lived up to it and he's just not not that he's a terrible receiver he's just not good enough for that draft status that he was taken
1: so far uh, no doubt okay. and we'll see how it plays out with him still young career And the Broncos need him to step up, so really pulling for him. Uh, Good evening, Eric, Nick, and Broncos country. Been busy, but I've been listening. That's okay, Travis. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Having troubles purchasing stars. That's okay. Just directly Venmo me. I won't. Don't let's not tell (laughs) the other guys, and we'll be okay. Uh, Season looks dim, but glad to see Simmons is back and getting Benson back from the Lions. We also had a comment coming in here from Savage Boy asking about the impact of bringing in. bringing back Simmons. What impact does that have on the defense going forward? Eric, what have the Broncos been missing uh, with Simmons out?
2: Well, he had his miscommunication to allow a touchdown in the first game. So we're at least good for four games before the next one. Um, So that's going to be a big thing to help out the secondary because as good as Justin Simmons is, and he's definitely one of the best safeties. There's this weird thing of every few games. He just makes the wrong mistake in coverage, put makes the wrong does the wrong coverage or whatever it is, miscommunication error that goes for a touchdown. Seems to happen. Um, but no, I mean having him back is obviously huge. I'm curious to see what they do with their safeties because Caden Stearns, I don't think, was as good as many others have made him out to be filling in for Cream, filling in for Justin Simmons. And I think Kareem Jackson has been really bad this season. Yes. I would like to see I would like to see them go with Stearns and Simmons because at least with Stearns, you have this um, you see these flashes of his potential and his upside and everything that you can continue to work with. And I think that he's di- doing a little bit of a better job coming downhill against the run than Kareem Jackson, is, as well as op- offering up a little bit more in coverage as well, because Jackson has clearly lost a step in coverage. He's just not as fast. He's never been the fastest guy, but he's lost a step. So I'd like to see those changes make or changes happen with Justin Simmons coming back. But it is a positive impact to have him back.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I see Scott coming in here saying generational is so overused when talking about Judy. Bama has had one generational receiver in the last fifteen years and a bunch of damned good ones. I don't disagree with you in that regard. I do I do want to say though that uh, because of how good Jamar Chase was last season, we didn't get enough uh, hot hype with how good Jalen Waddle was and with how the speed Jalen Waddle plays with and whatnot. I don't he's not Julio Jones Bill, but he's the closest thing to Tyree Kill, I think, that we've had since Tyree Kill came out. So Jalen Waddle I would Right underneath there, that generational label. He's really good, but Julio's the dude. Um, moving on, uh, we got to talk about this game. Uh, what is the biggest impact on this game for you, Eric? What's the one thing that you're looking for in this game after 11, 11 days of no Broncos football?
2: So, obviously, uh, the big thing is going to be the improvements on the offense. But for me, what I want to see is I fully expect the Broncos pass rushers to get put pressure on Justin Herbert. He is one of the most pressured quarterbacks in the NFL, but he is by far the lowest pressure to sack rate right in the NFL. He's only sacked on 6.6% of his pressures, and the next closest one is 10%. So you got to be able to get the pressure on him and get home because he can use his legs. And when he does that, you know, coverage can break down and he can make plays. So I want to see them be able to finish, and they don't get the benefit of playing, you know, the cremated corpse of Matt Ryan like they did against the Colts that led to so many sacks. They're playing Justin Herbert. So wouldn't be surprised to see the sacks drop up, like basically plummet this game, but I want to see them continue going on because that's going to be a good thing for this Broncos defense. Obviously, sacks are always a good thing.
1: And some of that's due to the scheme. Uh, Lombardi runs there with the Chargers. It's almost like, I know some people really like Lombardi, but for me, watching Justin Herbert in this offense is like having a Lamborghini and only driving it in a school zone. Uh, it just drives me nuts. Uh, you put him in a Bruce Arians offense and let's cook, baby. But uh, the, Bronco, the because of that, the Broncos are probably not going to be able to sack Justin Herbert so much the key will be making him into a quick bad decision or one where a wide receiver slips and he's already made the decision where the ball's going. And then for me key for this one, and this is, you know, cheating almost. And I almost feel like I'm watching, I'm in groundhogs day here watching the Broncos and the Hawkeyes, but can the Broncos create some points off defense? Uh, The Broncos have been close so far this season. They've created the most forced fumbles, I think by almost two times as everyone else so far this year not so come down on them. They're typically it's a 50, 50 proposition for when the ball hits the turf, who comes down with it. And I think the Broncos have about a 28 or 30% rate of falling on footballs. Now it's a gambler's fallacy to say that if that's going to progress the next time. Well, because they had it, didn't get it that time. They're going to get it this time. It resets every time to 50, 50, but uh, one of those being a scoop and score, a Justin Herbert pick six uh, capitalizing on that, getting that early lead, I think will be big. We haven't Broncos have scored zero, uh, defensive slash special teams points so far this season. They've been close on a few. I think that is going to be a big one. If you can get that man, we are we we really have a chance, especially if you can get it early.
2: Yeah, and that I think goes with, you know, not just getting the pressure on Justin Herbert, but hitting him because the more you hit him, especially, he tends mm-hmm. to make more mistakes later on in the game if you're hitting him early and often. So that opens up the door for that strip sack, for that pick six, for that potential turnover that you can directly score points off by the defense. And it is very frustrating watching all these strip sacks and fumbles bounce directly to the opposing team, the team that fumbled it. It's been so frustrating. All five games, it has happened at least once.
1: Yeah. How about one that bounces right to our cornerback who can then just, you know, off to the races? That'd be great. Well,
2: could have had one against the Colts if Patrick Sertan would have dove for it, but he kind of, you know, made a
1: business decision on that one. I'm going to make a business decision here and read a super chat coming in from Cristiano uh, with his root not rubles, reals uh, coming in here from Brazil, uh, saying, love this unusual duo. I don't know, how do our wives feel about that, Eric? No, uh, your thoughts on cornerbacks? uh, Denver's cornerback two, uh, Allen versus Williams, and how is Miners trending for Monday Night Football? Really concerned about the run game with Reisner, Cush, and Glasgow. Yeah, the run game, I mean, they gotta get it going. That's, you gotta get it going because you are constantly behind the sticks. Russell Wilson has historically struggled with a quick game, and that's continued so far in Denver not a surprise. One of the reasons I was like, is he going to make sense with Jerry Judy? I don't know. Uh, but, um, run gaming got to get going here as far as Denver's cornerback too. I think you'll probably see it be Damari Mathis early on. I have not heard anything in that regard, but he's on the injury report as well. So it could be just like, who's feeling the most healthier. Who's looked the best in practice this week. I think you're probably going to see more uh, cover six this week, as opposed to uh cover three. That way you can roll, uh, have better coverage on the side of that cornerback too. I'm really curious though, to see what they do on third down. The Broncos have been one of the highest rate of man coverage defenses in third down so far this season, because they have Darby and Sertan and they can play their penny fronts and uh, simulate pressure. as Scott loves to talk about so much, but uh, from their off ball linebacker, but um, I'm curious to see what it looks like with the Broncos cornerback too here uh, in this game.
2: Yeah, I would fully expect it to be Mathis. I know he's on the Android report, but, it sounds like that he'll be good to go barring you know any kind of snag during the what two days until then um and it's definitely an interesting matchup i love how the how their receivers match up against the Broncos secondary but obviously losing ronald darby is such a snag on that demar mathis he's a rookie he had a good showing against the texans but part of that showing was helped out by a drop touchdown pass that would have gave the texans a win by brandon cooks and he struggled a lot against the Colts, allowing these catches that were like, how the hell did you allow that to be caught? There was no business making those catches. And I think the most frustrating one was when he just stands there's like, oh, my God, hands in the head as the guy's getting back up. And I believe it was Darby or Williams came up to make the tackle on that one.
1: Yeah, I like, think
2: it was it's that just one. It, it's just frustrating watching it. Definitely a rookie performance for it. Yeah. But I'd expect him to be out there and it's not going to be an easy matchup against any of the receivers. Cause even Josh Palmer doesn't get the recognition he deserves. He's not like a great receiver, but he's quite good and he can create some mismatch issues. Cause he's got speed to attack downfield.
1: And Guyton's injured, right? He's out for the year. Uh, he was their I, wide receiver three beforehand. I, he was pretty good, yeah. especially blocking wise. But anyway, um, our Butler coming and says if you go cover six, that is going to limit your pressure on the quarterback. The Broncos have played about 90%, uh, cover three or cover six on first and second down so far this season, and then pivoted to a cover three or excuse me, a cover one look on third downs and the Broncos so far this season have the best pressure rate, uh, not blitzing the quarterback on third down in the NFL so far this season, which I mean, great job by Evro. He's been one of the best schemers, not uh not of coverage as much. I mean, the coverage has been great, but you have, you know, Sertan cheat code, but the, pressures up front the way they're getting different guys isolated up there and insane you know you guys have probably seen it if you're stat psychos like myself but you see the uh, double team rate versus pass rush win rate and it's like the broncos oh man they're really horrible in their double team rate evaro is dialing it up where these guys are not getting many double teams uh which is great um thank you to the simulated pressures uh but um you know, we're getting into that, getting into the weeds there with some of the scheme and things. But yeah, I would expect more cover six because you can protect a weaker cornerback with that than the cover three you've had seen from the Broncos so much uh, so far this season.
2: Yeah, um, I do want to grab one comment here. From Jeremy Patterson or Peterson says run game fares better when miners is blocking. Dulcich will also make a difference in the run game, not to mention good hands. It'll be interesting to see the play calling from Hackett, go Broncos, and the whole reason why I pulled this up from Alaska. Definitely gotta represent Alaska out there. Um, great to have you, Jeremy. It's awesome to have you tonight. But I do agree, miners will help the run, should at least help the run blocking. We'll see how much Lloyd kushberry can drag him down as well as you know, just the whole unit. And yeah. Dulcich, I mean the Dulcich isn't a great blocker, but at least he gives effort, which we don't see from Quay, But um, which, hey, effort is a lot of it when it goes to a tight end sometimes.
1: Yep. 100% uh, RD coming with the Canadian five, saying, do you guys think there's a practice squad center somewhere that would be an upgrade? Cush seems to have regressed from barely serviceable play last season. Probably not a guy that is out there on the practice squad that you would bring in that would be better uh, here in that regard. At least... In my opinion, maybe there's somebody out there that, you know, Butch Berry or somebody on the Packers has a connection with that would make some sense there, but I haven't really done the research on that. I think it's more likely coming from internal, uh, whether that be Graham Glasgow kind of moving to center or even Luke Wattenberg. I am always curious why they never, ever tried or considered Dalton Reisner at that position, given his issues are sustaining blocks, but not really as much the movement or the pass protection. So it just kind of always seemed to add up to me. People are like, oh, Reisner at right tackle. I'm like, eh, I think, like, and if you put him in, uh, what is it, the uh, Math Bombs RAS, they have Reisner listed as a center uh, being drafted there, so I was always surprised I didn't try that, but uh, thank you so much for the five uh, Canadian there, RD, and uh, any thoughts on this, Eric?
2: Um, I don't think that you would look elsewhere to try to upgrade center, and there, I don't think you're going to find anybody on the practice squad unless you get extremely lucky, because um, typically if teams are, if there's a center showing out somewhere there, the team's going to do whatever they can to take them. It's just a matter of if Cush isn't doing it for you, which his height is playing a big reason as to why he's still out there on the field, then you got to turn to turn to Glasgow, and if that's not working, then you got to turn to Wattenberg. Um, I'm surprised as well that they didn't haven't given Reisner or even Moody a shot at center because both of them I think would make a little bit of sense, even though Shooty or Moody has such long arms or such short arms. Um, got to do something though because Lloyd Cushenberry has been extremely problematic.
1: Yeah yep it's been a struggle there uh, garth knight coming in five dollars saying did Matt, uh, marshawn lynch stick up for russell wilson in his podcast with uh, richard sherman i hear he did but it's unusual with sherman and pat mcafee show trying to tear him down because they love a rod i i feel like marshawn just kind of does what marshawn does it did sound like it was you could take it either way because he's like eh, i'd you know, love to reach out to him but i don't want to go through his people to do that so it's almost like yeah, you know, pulling for him, doing the best, not cheering against him. But also he's unreachable and like insulated and, you know, not super accessible even to somebody like Marshawn Lynch. So um, I, I think it's probably in the gray area for that one.
2: I have no idea. I don't didn't pay any attention to it. I don't pay any attention to what Richard Sherman has to say whatsoever. Um, Yeah, I no clue. Didn't pay any attention to it. Run the ball.
1: Uh anyway, Garth, Garth and I thank you so much coming in again. Uh we gotta talk a little bit more chargers. We're already at forty-six minutes here. Uh Eric, what is the one matchup you are tuning in for that gets you fearful for the Broncos in this game?
2: I mean, can I just do the cheap answer and just go sure. Justin Herbert against the whole defense? Sure. Uh, right. I I like what Evro has done. Um his coverage schemes and how he has played his coverage. The biggest thing because uh is you know. A second and one and he has his corner playing 15 yards off. Um there's just a lot of frustrating things that he does that I get it with the coverage schemes but like adjust it a little bit more to better match up against the receivers you're playing against and we haven't really fully seen that. He's gotten lucky a few times that his pass rush has been able to get home and create problems because guys on the back end are getting beaten coverage a little bit. Um so I want to see a little bit better of that. I don't think I think this is going to, we're going to see a little bit more exploitation of the issues that the Broncos have in the secondary, especially with Ronald Darby out than we've seen in previous weeks, because just simply because the quality of quarterback play is going to an extreme level that Denver hasn't seen so far this season. And then you add in the injuries to it. Justin Simmons is likely going to be coming back his first game since week one. He's been got missing a few weeks. What kind of shape is he going to be in for a game? And then just losing Randy Gregory is going to hurt. Well, I think Brian Browning didn't absolute stellar job against the colts i don't think that's replicable replicable against the chargers because matt Pryor is probably the worst right tackle i've ever watched in my life and every single bronco ate him up for lunch even jonathan kongbo had a few good wins against him and we're just not going to be able to see that even though i believe it's trey pipkins is their starting right tackle isn't a whole lot he's better
1: he's injured is he, he injured yeah
2: okay so whoever is starting, starting at right tackle doesn't matter. They're not quite Matt Pryor's level of terribleness.
1: Uh, For me, my number one concern is that Twitter is going to be ablaze screaming about the Broncos can't covering tight ends because I think Keenan Allen's not going to be 100%. I think Patrick Sertan is going to do a good job of limiting uh, the likes of Mike Williams. Austin Eckler is going to get some, but I don't think he's going to break the Broncos. The guy that concerns me is Gerald Everett. Uh, He's still a very good tight end with the quick pass game. I think Justin Simmons is going to very much target that, especially if the Broncos are rotating coverage to try to help whoever the other boundary cornerback is leaving yourself a little bit more vulnerable to the areas where Gerald Everett's likely to exploit. Uh, The other one for me in this one is we talked about it already. The Broncos right now, if it's not Cortland Sutton chucking it up deep, uh, it seems to be a short pass to the running backs and we saw in the last week where the Broncos got the ball in Melvin Gordon and he had like a 30 or 40 yard play. That's great. This week you're going up against Derwin James, who's probably one of the best sweepers in football as far as sideline to sideline limiting those type of plays. So you need to figure out something else with the quick pass game or the medium pass game or the run game, because those dump offs to the running backs are going to be met immediately at the line of scrimmage. Uh, Cause Derwin James is going to be there to make the play.
2: Yeah. And offensively, I'd like to see KJ hammer get involved a lot yeah, more. I have to. I'm um, not just not just because of how often he's getting open, just because his speed can open so much for an offense. I mean, you hit him a few times where he can use his speed to cause some damage against the defense. It's going to ease up the coverage a little bit. It's going to get those safeties to cheat their coverage a little bit. It just opens so much, and it can help out the running game. Just got to get it going. But the biggest thing is, can Shorty Wilson see Shorty Hamler, and when he's working his and working in his routes?
1: You've got to find out where that one on one coverage is. Slot fades, baby. But can the offensive line hold up? Uh, big question. Vic Chin. Hey, fellas. How you doing, Vic? Uh, good to see you. Uh, matchup that you are most excited about positively for the Broncos?
2: Um, the interior defensive line against this interior offensive line of the Chargers. I think Draymond Jones, Mike Purcell, even Deshaun Williams, who has been. The worst interior defensive lineman for me this season. They should all have a pretty strong day against this interior offensive line of the Chargers. They have not been a good unit.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean Corey Lindsley's coming back from injury. Maybe they'll be that much better. Uh, I think the guard they drafted has been pretty good so far this season. I think he's given up no, he's like no penalties and no pressures or something. Um so No the the one they used a first round pick on from BC.
2: Oh, um, yeah. Okay. I was, I totally forgot the Chargers selected him.
1: Yeah. Um, from Boston college, he's been pretty good. Uh, but, um, the rest of that line, I think for me, it's the Broncos edge rushers versus their tackles. Their tackles are really hurt and uh, the Broncos have been doing great jobs, uh, isolating their edge rushers one-on-ones. And if you can isolate the Chargers offensive tackles versus, uh, the opposing teams, uh, Zion Johnson. There we go. That's thank you so yeah. much. You sent Pina gallery. He's been good. Uh, but if you can isolate the Broncos edge rushers one-on-one versus those tackles, you're going to get a chance and you're going to put their running back in a lot of conflict. Eckler's fine, but they might have to keep him in more because of the simulated pressures. Cause if you line up up on one side, but that guy uh, drops, it's coming from the other way. Well, then he's going to have to rotate. If he's coming out as a pass uh, catcher, we might not even get to that read. I mean, we saw it last week uh, versus uh, our, excuse me, last night, everybody's like, our Mon- Montgomery's open. He was the fifth read on the backside. Like it was if Fields gets to him, then bravo. Uh it doesn't happen very often by the time the pressure gets there. But um we'll be really interested to see that one. Uh okay, Eric. The Broncos, two more questions. Actually, three more questions. The Broncos lose if blank.
2: If I mean if their offense doesn't finally, you know, start showing signs of improvement. That's the biggest one. This isn't a very good chargers defense, and they should be able to exploit them. They have favorable matchups, it's just a matter of going out there and executing as long as they don't shoot themselves in the foot, as we've seen all season long, they should be able to put enough points on the board while their defense is shutting them, doing good enough job of shutting them down. Then going back to Zion Johnson, I had to look it up real quick. He has allowed 10 pressures this season, okay. which is and leading a lower pass blocking efficiency than Graham Glasgow. I wow. thought he'd been better than that, but the statistics just don't back up. That Maybe it again.
1: was the penalties. Maybe he's committed no penalties so far this season. He hasn't,
2: he hasn't allowed any sacks okay but he's allowed he's allowed 10 pressures
1: i heard a statistic where i think it was then it must be sacks it's cole strange and zion johnson the only two rookie offensive linemen that have committed no penalties and no sacks so far this season i i believe you i could be don't have it directly in front of me um another question here the broncos win if what is this key thing we already talked about are you excuse me the broncos you said the broncos lose if their offense doesn't improve broncos win if their offense improves okay what are the broncos give me a different one broncos win if
2: If their defense can do enough to slow down Justin Herbert, create turnovers and give their offense extra opportunities, because even if they're not showing enough improvement on offense, you know, eventually giving enough chances, their offense has to score a touchdown, I guess.
1: Hmm. Eventually. Yeah. We'll see. Um, And finally, before we wrap it on up here, Eric, give me your final score. Uh, I'm going to save mine for Monday because it's a Monday night game and I'll be live again (laughs) on Monday. Um, But uh, this is our chance to talk with you. So what are you thinking? Final score here at Broncos at Chargers week six.
2: Well, as always, you can go to milehighhuddle.com and get everybody's score prediction. Um, You can get my score prediction in there because I cannot remember it off the top of my head. I was woken up with a text message at like 7 o'clock in the morning when I've been, you know, sleeping, thanks with the help of NyQuil. So I don't remember what my score prediction Just was. Just
1: give me a gut feeling right now. It doesn't have to be exactly right. This is doesn't have to match what you wrote in the article.
2: I think Denver I think Denver wins. I think they managed mm-hmm. to do enough. Um, 23-15.
1: 23 points. That would be the second most points the Broncos have scored this season. So uh, that would be great. Um, love to see it. Love to hang out with you guys, man. It's been a great show. Happy Friday to everyone. Make sure you're following Eric and I on Twitter. Eric is at Eric Trickle. That's E-R-I-C-K. I see a lot of people in the chat here. Eric, Eric, Eric. E-R-I-C-K. You got, let's get that name right for him. Um, you can follow me on Twitter as well, at Nick Kendall, M-H-H. Also, make sure you guys are following us, at DVD on, DVDD underscore pod. You know we got to get that double D in there, as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you're also following us on Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. Uh, if you're joining us, listen to us after the fact. Do you listen to podcasts at all? Find us on Apple Podcasts, Mile High Huddle. Scroll down. Give us a five-star rating and review. Say your favorite show. Say your least favorite show. Offer us some criticism. Offer us something that you like about the show. We'd appreciate it so much. Uh, Also, make sure you guys are subscribing, liking, and sharing over on YouTube. Uh, It's probably the number one thing you can do to help us continue to bring you these shows and uh, reach more more people out there in uh, Broncos country for these live streams. You guys make the chats. We're just... uh, i'm just one babbling idiot eric has a little bit more insight than i but uh fun to join you eric uh, i gotta get out of here pretty soon i gotta get a haircut my hair is starting to do the chia pet thing um it's just <laughs> it's too thick uh but uh appreciate you what are your plans the rest of the night
2: man i appreciate you jumping in and filling in for Lance as he's out trying to kill bambi um no plans for the rest of the night just gonna you know probably end up downing nyquil and going and trying to get this head cold Change of season. I mean, we were dealing with fifty degree weather. Now it's like thirty degree weather. Just that drastic change in a short time, every year, hits like a freight train. Quite literally in my head. Um, but you gotta start doing what I do. I just cut my hair at home, man. Yeah, saves I mean, you
1: know money. <laughs> That's the, the super chats are paying for my haircuts these days. But appreciate you guys so much. Make sure you guys are choosing kindness and compassion. And as always, go Broncos.